Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, what does it mean to be a modern warrior? First off, the elephant in the room. Warrior isn't a dirty word. A warrior is mindful. They seek excellence and have learned to control their aggression. It's about understanding leadership, developing individual resilience, and seeking consistent human optimization. Remember, lifting heavy isn't dangerous. Being weak is dangerous. Fortune favors the brave, and you're never given more than you can handle. This, then, is the Warrior You podcast. All call signs. Ready, ready, ready. Let's roll! G'day team, how is everyone? Got uh, another episode of the Warrior You podcast coming to you today, and because we want to wrap up the season at the end of uh, the end of this month with an episode around ego and how bad that is for leaders, Trent and I thought what we would do is that I would actually uh, talk to you today about the eleven principles of leadership out of uh, the Commando Way, and I, I guess. Principles probably wasn't the right term. Maybe it's even characteristics. But there, there are 11 things that a couple of friends of mine from the military um, have, have sat down and thought deeply about and put together because we believe that these characteristics or, or principles are probably the main things that you need to work on to make sure that you have traction as a, as a good leader. And remembering that leadership is getting or compelling someone else to do what you want them to do because they want to do it. I'd start by saying that, and you may have heard me say this before, that you know, a high-performing team is a product of a high-performing culture, which is in turn a product of high-performing leaders. And that was actually a friend of mine now uh, and previously a client in BHP um, who first said that, and he's, he's uh, attributed to that comment in the book. And it also makes up... Um, how our business, Hindsight Leadership and Resilience, actually views culture and leadership and high performance is that we believe that first the leader has to do the work on themselves to become a high-performing leader. That in turn then drives a high-performing culture from their team members and that ultimately equals high performance. Now, in the military, we use a lot of acronyms and there are two main purposes for this. Um, Basically, to shorten a long-winded name a concept or an object, or to help us remember lists of things. And so a great example of the latter is, you know, if we put the 11 principles of leadership, courage, motivation, uh, decisiveness, responsibility, selflessness, integrity, loyalty, initiative, judgment, um, ability to communicate, and then knowledge, 
we can then come up with the uh, the mnemonic commander Silly Jack. So that's uh, Charlie, Mike, Delta, Romeo, Sierra, India, Lima, India, Juliet, Alpha, Kilo, Commander Silly Jack. Um, and so let's take a look at each one of those in turn as we go. And the first one that I want to talk about is courage. Courage is a virtue which is associated with heroes performing brave deeds. And and I think that, you know, when we hear about um, football stars, <laughs> you know, they had courage. Well, that's probably not the same thing as, you know, if you're going into the uh, into a scrum or if you're going into a contested ball, um, that's, okay, sure, that's athleticism. It's not really courage. And so for me, as a, as a leadership principle, it's, it's completely different. There is no reason why leaders can't perform brave deeds. But if they're being brave only in the face of danger and not in front of the people that they're leading, then something has gone amiss. Now, leaders are frequently asked to do things they may not agree with or want to undertake. And some leaders will follow a higher direction without question as they may not want to incur, you know, the wrath of their of their own boss. Because remember, we're in teams of teams, so your leader is in another team too, a team above you. Good leaders, though, they generally show courage and wisely challenge directions, orders, and, and their guidance. And not to be, you know, problematic, but to make sure that the checks and balances are in place, that the direction they've been given is right for, for the business, for the organisation, and for their team. They're also courageous in their decision-making, um, they, they don't take the easy option when dealing with their team members or their subordinates. So courage, it's almost like a moral courage. It's, it's one of those things where they have to take the, the hard right over the easy wrong in order to get to the most out of their team, but also to protect their team from the other team that they're a part of, the team above them. So that's courage, the first one. And we'll then move into motivation. And motivation in a good leader has two forms. There's self-motivation and group motivation. Now, self-motivation is what keeps a leader going when times are good and when things are not so great. And at a basic level, this means you know keeping physically and mentally fit, having a routine that gets them out of bed and early, up and doing PT and then work on time, and then projecting an image that their peers superiors, subordinates, team members, everyone respect. Leaders strive to accomplish a long-term result, not just this one-off short-term performance. And they do this to maintain a positive outlook that keeps them focused on developing the organisation in their charge so they can eventually pass on a group that has sustained or improved its capabilities. So the example that's set by a leader who is motivated has the effect of then in turn motivating those around them to achieve and eventually surpass the standards that have already been set. So a leader is mindful of bringing their organisation along with them and making every member feel a part of the team. But after all this is said and done, you have to remember that motivation lights the fire, but it's consistency, consistent application, which builds the inferno. Okay, so motivation might be the first step, but it's the consistent application of effort that actually leads to high performance. Okay, decisiveness. This is a quality that any good leader has to have. If they don't have it, then they're in the wrong business. You can't be a leader unless you can make a decisive decision, sometimes without all the information. 
So to enable good decisions to be made, leaders must consider all the facts and knowledge that's at their disposal. This doesn't mean they must come up with every answer themselves. They reply, you know, they, they will rely upon their team to offer expertise, knowledge and possible solutions. And once the leader has all the inputs, they're now in a position to make a decision. But, you know, time can also be a factor in this. Frequently, a leader must make a decision without the opportunity for the consultation they are accustomed to. This means sometimes they have to take a risk. And a good leader mentors and develops subordinates, involving them in the decision-making process. And then this develops a team mentality, which can shrink the organisational decision-making loop. It can make it more efficient. It can speed things up. And the team should have confidence that their leader can make a decision with their best interests at heart at short notice if required. And the leader should be really confident in the team's abilities and the trust that they then give them. So you can see it's it's sort of, once you become a decisive leader, it becomes this sort of self-fulfilling prophecy. If you get it right the first time, then you, they're more likely to trust you getting it right the second time. But what you don't want to do is then cut out your team from all the decision-making processes. You only want to do that and set the habits of doing that when time is of the essence and a decision has to be made. And remember, indecision generally becomes a leader's decision anyway. So you really have to remember that. Now, responsibility is part of the job of a leader and must be practiced. Human nature pushes us to avoid responsibility but we must accept it in order to grow as a person and and to grow our teams. And if we're to learn from our mistakes, we must first recognise we have already made a mistake. And it's easier to blame another, but a good friend, a trusted mentor or respected subordinate can provide clarity when we mess up. And we must treat it as an opportunity for self-reflection. So asking these people, have I made a mistake here, is a really good, really powerful moment for a leader. Responsibility for the well-being of an organisation is also something the leader must accept as it drives our motivations and also the decision-making process that all that responsibility is nested in that. And a leader has to be responsible for the actions of the group and own the outcome, whether it's desirable or not. And you might have heard me um, when I interviewed uh, Jocko Willink talking about extreme ownership. And really, he's just taking that whole responsibility to another level and saying, hey, no matter what happens, it's your fault. At some point, it was your fault. Now, a consequence of taking responsibility for a group is to allow subordinates the freedom to actually make mistakes and then to help them fix those mistakes and then to own any possible fallout that comes from giving them that much rope to make the mistake in the first place. And this is really hard in practice. And it's harder still in an operational environment for obvious reasons. But with discipline, it can be practiced in training. And in this way, a leader becomes responsible for the development of the organization and the success and mistakes that they make along the way. Okay, selflessness. At a basic level, this refers to the concept of going without so that another person doesn't miss out. And this is the opposite of what we might instinctively do in a survival situation. But it comes naturally when we feel responsible for the health, well-being and benefit of the other person. So, for example, parents go without so that their children don't. And as the children mature, they come to appreciate this and they will enact it so that their own children will then do the same. As parents, we make sacrifices to ensure ensure our children succeed and leading a group or organisation is really similar. It's much the same. Leaders must show selflessness in order to build trust. 
In the military, leaders make a point of eating, drinking or receiving a benefit last. And the lesson is that they will always look after the group ahead of themselves. And this increases the commitment of the group. But it's actually more than that. Simon Sinek uh, touched on this, you know, why leaders eat last. But he missed a really important part, which is that also going last reminds you of the responsibility that you have to that group or to that organisation. So it's a reminder that in fact you are in charge, but you also have to be selfless for them. The leader, in turn, is motivated by the knowledge that when the entire group is being looked after, then then he or she will benefit as well. A good leader often sacrifices time to management and planning tasks, which sees them working longer hours than those that they command. You know, because a lot of what I talk about with leadership is it's an energy transference. And that energy transference doesn't occur when you're answering your emails or sitting in front of your computer. It only occurs when you're up and you're having one-to-one conversations or talking to the groups or being in and around your subordinates. And so then it just stands to reason that we then take our work that we have to do in our office that we're not doing, we take it after hours. And this can really take a toll. But a good leadership team will ensure that a commander's efforts to be selfless doesn't result in him or her suffering. So for instance, um, my staff used to make me cups of tea or coffee or meals when they know I'd be writing orders during, during a meal time so that I wouldn't miss out. Okay, integrity. This is a value we all look for in everyone we meet, but especially we look for this in our leaders. And the leader achieves integrity by being accountable at all times. In the first place, an individual must be true to the standards they expect their group to uphold, whether these are physical, technical, or an ethical um, integrity standpoint. At the organisational level, a leader has to be truthful. He or she must strive to keep the group appropriately informed at all times. When information is of a need-to-know nature, a good leader is clear about this but still tells everything that they, everyone everything they can within that framework. They might explain reasons for this promote an understanding that it's an operational requirement. When unpopular decisions must be made, the good leader has to be upfront about the facts. They must be mindful of negative repercussions and prepared to deal with the outcomes. Basically, they're controlling that narrative. The temptation to sugarcoat a message to prevent conflict does not make a problem go away and it usually makes the problem worse. So it's best to be honest, upfront, have integrity and then just all come together on the same sheet of music. Okay, loyalty. This is something that we generally think of as going up the organisational tree but it's not a one-way street. In order for loyalty to permeate throughout an organisation, it has to go both ways. The secret is that loyalty is most effective when it is shown to subordinates first. When a group knows the leadership has their best interests at heart, they show gratitude and loyalty back the other way. A leader shows loyalty in the way he or she represents the organisation. Leaders are mindful of the workload they impose on their group and must be aware of inequities in the rate of effort. You know, a really good leader also ensures a group understands why a particular course of action has been taken and why they are burdening this workload. In this way, loyalty is shown both up and down the chain of command. Individuals are more likely to show loyalty and a strong work ethic if they believe that their interests are being taken care of. Which brings me to initiative. 
you know, initiative is actually linked to motivation and leaders exhibit it in a variety of ways. A good leader recognises an opportunity when it presents itself, uh, whether it's come by fortune or by design. And initiative is also linked to time as the correct decision made at the correct time can pay disproportionate dividends. At a basic level, a good leader evaluates the situation that presents itself before acting. Upon assuming command of a new group or organisation, leaders should seek to understand the capabilities of people within their teams. This is really, really important. This is really important. They actively must get to know their people. They have to learn their strengths and capabilities. And they need to take note of the weaknesses and areas to improve within that team. When you have this in mind, you can best employ your force as time goes on. The leader also takes the time and the initiative to develop their team to become better and better leaders within the team. They involve other members of the leadership team to make this happen, which in turn develops their capabilities and performance across the group. This is a form of continuous improvement, but improvements must be meaningful and not just done for appearance sake. So you have to have an outcome of why you're trying to improve. Of course, a leader also needs to show initiative in a contested environment. So in contact, sometimes you have to make hard decisions, show initiative and move things around and make things happen where you normally wouldn't. And you have to be able to give your team members a left and right of arc of authority to work within so that if they're in contact or they're in some sort of an opportunity or an environment where they can make a decision, they have complete faith that you will back them to make that decision to take advantage of a situation or to not reinforce failure. Leaders need to recognise and seek to exploit weaknesses in their adversaries And perhaps this is by filling a gap in a market, recruiting new talent, or initiating an ambush. Taking the initiative in this way gives a leader the upper hand and creates a platform for future success. Leadership. It's not about you, dummy. It's about your team. Your team will have initiative if they trust you. You have to set it up right from the start. Judgment. This can be exercised in a variety of ways, and it's something we do pretty much every day without even thinking about it. We judge how long we have to drive to work, when to cross a road, how hard to run in a five-kilometer race. As a leader, you are forced to make judgments every single day to enable good decision-making. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. At a basic level, this might be related to the performance of your subordinates. You know, regarding their behaviour, their fitness, their accountability for the tasks that you've given them. Judgment is required when choosing the best person to do a job, for example, or who to promote in the next level of leadership, as another example. And a leader must also exercise great tactical and strategic judgment. In the military, this means recognising the correct time to take or not to take a decisive action, such as when to make a non-kinetic visit to a village where a battle might have occurred, or when to conduct the crossing of an obstacle that, that you know might be under observation by enemy, um, or when to clear a village, or where to attack uh, an enemy strong point. In a business setting, leaders must judge how and where to invest their time, their efforts, 
their finances. Maybe they need to adopt a new technology. They need to change management program. Um, perhaps they're looking at creating a different culture. You know, all of these things will create opportunities that did not exist previously. So good judgment is critical to good decision making. The ability to communicate. You know what? This is something that every leader has to master. Leaders must be able to communicate their ideas for a variety of audiences. First and foremost, they have to deliver direction. They have to be able to give orders and guidance, provide purpose, motivation, because they seek out their opinions and they use their knowledge and expertise to then come up with a sensible plan. So you have to be able to communicate with your team. Leaders collaborate with their peers to ensure they are working well in concert with the others and not inhibiting their efforts. And then lastly, they must engage their commanders or their bosses on the direction, the orders and guidance they receive, the interpretation of it all, and when necessary, respectfully challenge their expectations and propose alternatives. This might be done verbally or in written form, but it is the manner in which it's delivered that makes communication effective. Leaders need to get their ideas across in a way that brings everyone with them. They have to be mindful of making adversaries when they're working to get people to understand, support or execute a plan. In my experience, the best way to communicate is verbally, face-to-face, and then follow that up with an email. A skilled communicator will be able to read the room by gauging people's reactions, asking for their input and getting instant feedback. If I run a meeting, I don't take notes. I get people to collaborate and talk and then I'll go away and reflect on the meeting and then write all of my points down in an email and send it to everyone that was there. Knowledge. This is the aspect of leadership that underpins you know, pretty much everything. Technical knowledge, corporate knowledge, personal knowledge. A leader needs to be in command of relevant subject matter. But of course, no single person can know absolutely everything about every subject. So what's vital is to be aware of what you don't know and who you can ask to fill in your knowledge gaps. And you know what? This requires humility and a fair degree of maturity. And this is one of the most difficult things for a commander to do, especially if he or she has been a soldier and worked as a specialist. Or if you've been inside the corporate world and you are not a generalist and you've only worked in one sort of area and now you're in charge of a whole heap of generalists or a whole heap of specialists and generalists. Now, these 11 principles of leadership together form that set of standards and guidelines to help you make better decisions and to be more impactful. You must decide which ones you apply and at what time and really what precedence you give to them. Sometimes you'll need to call on all of them. At other times, perhaps only one or two. Each command and leadership problem requires a unique solution. So looking through these 11 different principles, you can grab some of these and go, right, well, I need the following. Use the time you have available and the principles outlined here to make better decisions. Let me just go over it. Remember, you can use the acronym Commander Silly Jack. Charlie, Mike, Delta, Romeo, Sierra, India, Lima, India, Juliet, Alpha, Kilo. And what is it? Courage. In the face of danger, it's valuable. But so is the courage to stand up for the people and your principles. Motivation gets you up and going and inspires the people around you to do the same. Decisiveness, this is the core tenet of leadership, as ultimately decisions must be made by the person in charge at some point. Responsibility, this flows from the decisions you make, whether good or bad, you're accountable to your superiors, your peers and subordinates, your team and the team above you. Selflessness, is practiced almost continually by a leader in their dedication to tasks and in making their people their top priority. 
integrity. This inner leader builds trust, and without it, a leader will fail to influence their group, which is exactly what you need to do. You need to win a fan base. Loyalty. This must be shown to the people we lead. If we do, they'll repay it tenfold. Initiative. Must be taken by the leader in everything they do, whether to secure a tactical advantage, to develop a subordinate, or to reward the group after a long week of work. Judgment. This is required of a leader every day, as their decisions affect not only them, but also the people that they lead. Ability to communicate enables a leader both to instruct subordinates effectively and to make the best use of their human resource and feedback. And finally, knowledge. This is critical to a leader's success, and subordinates will judge them accordingly. If you don't know the answer, you should consult someone else who does. Now, we've gone through these principles of leadership. Next week, with a final episode for Series 6, we're going to be talking about ego. And how ego is one of those things that can hold back a brilliant leader and, in fact, make them toxic. Thanks, team. Righto. Thanks for listening, gang. If you'd like to find out about our parent company and the leadership and resilience training and workshops that they offer, please head to the Hindsight Leadership website, www.hindsightleadership.com. Hindsight Leadership, all one word. If you'd like to donate to the podcast and remember every dollar helps, you can do that through the podcast website at www.podcast.warrioru.com.au. There's a donation tab at the bottom of the main page and all donations are really appreciated. They keep the show on the road. And if you're interested in the Warrior U military preparation course, whether that's just the physical training component or the whole cultural training package, this can also be found through the podcast website, www.podcast.warrioru.com.au. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.